Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to episode five of the Homeschool High School podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am Sabrina Justison, and my co-host, Vicki Tillman, is here, and we have a special, lovely guest in our glamorous studios today. We have Seven Sister Kim Smythe. Say hey, hi, y'all. Kim. And we are going to uh, chat with Kim about extracurriculars in your homeschool high school. So we're delighted you could be here. Kim has just returned from a road trip, yes? Yes, yes. I just got back from the American College Hockey Association, also known as ACHA Nationals. Nationals, as in competition on the national level. Yes, as in the national championships for college club ice hockey for women. And why did you go on this road trip to this national competition? <laughs> because my twin daughters were participating in said national competition. As in your twin daughters are college-level ice hockey players. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Kendall and Carly have been playing hockey since they were like... They've been playing ice hockey since they were 10. They've started playing roller hockey at the age of 4. And they play on the uh, club hockey team at the University of Delaware. That is impressive. And that is quite wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit about the journey that it took to get them from 10 years old on the ice to where they are now? Absolutely. Well, first I have to give thanks to uh, the wonderful world of Disney because it was the 60th time that they watched Mighty Ducks that they came and knocked on our door <laughs> and said, um, can we try ice hockey? And I am not allowed to tell you the story that went along with that, but maybe someday I'll be able to. Um, and my accountant husband very reluctantly went, ugh. And me growing up in the era when the Flyers were winning Stanley Cups went, oh, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and um, we were very blessed. We live close to the University of Delaware where they have a wonderful learn to play ice hockey program. And, um, and it was relatively easy for them to go from playing roller hockey at the YMCA, which was very affordable, very accessible, um, to then just kind of transferring some skills and unfortunately some equipment um, to being able to play ice hockey. And then they were able to start out with an in-house club, meaning we just drove 15 minutes on Saturday morning at some unbelievably early hour. And they were so into it that they would wake up before we did and would wake us up. Wow. So that's how we knew that it was their idea, not ours. And uh, <clears throat> what, what, what's an unbelievably early hour? Uh, they were on the ice at seven, which actually isn't actually bad for hockey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But it's bad for kids in yeah. general. <laughs> and really bad for parents who'd like to sleep in on Saturday mornings. But it's so exciting to see your kids do what they love that it was well worth it. So true. Yeah. So, so true. from there, they went to playing for a women's team that desperately needed a goalie. So they were playing with uh, people who were old enough to be their grandmoms. And I even out, went out with them one time and they laughed so hard. I thought they were going to pee themselves. <laughs> uh, and I am proud to say I did not get hurt, but I didn't do anything well. Uh, it gave me a very healthy respect for what they do out there. So I am not the mom that goes, come on, you can get that. <laughs> and uh, then from there, they went to playing for a local, semi-local um, mixed-age high school team, met a wonderful coach there, um, and then they eventually ended up playing travel hockey, um, which was quite a commitment, but a wonderful, wonderful experience, and they got leadership experience. They acted as captain and uh, many of the years that they played, 
Excellent. So their part of their transcript enrichment was the phys ed credits that they got from all the ice hockey <laughs> and the extracurriculars being on the various ice hockey teams, plus just personal development, the leadership skills that they gained in doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of them actually has a goal now. Her goal is to be the captain of her college team. And she uh, really, really relishes the the leadership part of it. She really um, considers it a real honor to be able to help her teammates and her and, and herself improve and go for goals and what have you. So what about socialization is not a valid question for your twins. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was a really good experience for them because they not only got to um, to play and have all these leadership experience and these life experiences that you get when you play for different coaches, which is kind of like learning how to work for different bosses and work with different people who have different definitions of what working hard is and working together is and communicating. Um, but also, it's just a lot of fun. Um, they got to meet a lot of different types of people with different experiences, different um, standards, shall we say, in their life. Um, and it, it's it's one of their, just their, probably their most cherished experiences in their lives. Very good. So if a homeschool family has kids who are athletes, they're not going to ruin all opportunities for their kid to play if they choose to homeschool high school, at least not in your experience. Oh my goodness, not at all. I'm sure it varies a little bit from sport to sport. Um, but you certainly, if you um, connect up and get in your, in your, get in with good coaching, get in with um, good teams who are going to build the kind of character that you want, and just talk with people about what your goals are, what your family's goals are, what your athletes' goals are. Um, most coaches are very happy to work with players to help them advance. It's sort of a part of what the coaches consider their job and, and an honor for them to help their athletes get where they want to go. And so... Um, it's entirely possible to homeschool and end up playing NCAA Division One or two um, sports, or certainly, um, as my girls have chosen, to play a club sport, um, which gives them a little more flexibility and a little more option academically. They don't feel like they're um, quite as much in a situation where they are, where their full-time job is their sport and their other full-time job is their academics. Very good. Wow. Very good. Okay, so we talked a lot um, on the blog and um, even on earlier episodes of the podcast about the importance of well-rounded kids. Mm -hmm. And I know that your girls didn't only play sports. Um, so let's just, um, among all of our kids, let's talk a little mm -hmm. bit about the variety of extracurricular <coughs> opportunities that we took advantage of um, with our children and that we saw um, blessing and benefit from and just just give listeners some ideas so what else what other than sports so I know for my kids the choir that our homeschool community has uh, was one of the most wonderful experiences they had even if my kids weren't interested in music they would have loved the choir in fact the high school choir has like 80 90 kids and there's a fair number of them that are there for the 
<laughs> for the social so the socialization. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> nevertheless, they have beautiful experiences learning the teamwork of singing together mm-hmm. and following a very dynamic leader. And uh, also the competitions that they go to regional competitions, so they build their transcript that way. But the choirs are just absolutely wonderful experiences for my kids. Yeah, mine as well. And yeah, and certainly mine. And um, it, it's funny because when when Fred and I married, he did not have a background with music at all. And at that time, I was directing the junior high choir in our local community, and we had uh, about fifty kids or so in that. And um, every Monday night, I would truck off to choir, and I would come home. Blah, 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 so excited and talking about all these things and and um he after we had been married for a little while he he said um i you're talking about teamwork and he said spring you never played sports so you don't get what teamwork is and i said no you never sang in a choir so you don't get what teamwork like there's there really is and it's been really it, it was a lot of fun to see his eyes open to a whole different avenue for teamwork that kids who I was one of those kids I had a tutor in gym in the fifth grade I mean I was so not I'm not kidding I've been to the batting cages I, with her I've, <laughs> it's pathetic so team sports were never an option for Sabrina you know just not, not gonna happen um, but those same skills those same social um, skills and leadership opportunities and how to work together it happens in a choir, and it's a really wonderful thing to build, even for a kid who's not terribly musical, to work on the, the relationship stuff. And as a little aside, the extracurriculars like choirs for our kids also became for all of us extracurriculars for moms. Like those are yes. ways we make friends. Let's hear it for the mom extracurriculars because we need that. Homeschool moms need that community and activities together that we can believe in and gives us a, a place to form relationships. It's so, so important. Yeah, and volunteering for the choirs, that's how you two met. Yes. 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 Scary, huh? met. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We yeah. met and then you were a helper mom, section yeah. leader for... Some delusional person thought I should be the choir treasurer. I don't know what they were oh, thinking. Oh, that's right. That's right. But oh, I do have a husband who's an accountant, so maybe that's what they were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was a helper and Doug was a helper. And that's right. Yeah, that's and right. you were directing then... the middle school choir at that point. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the middle school choir and a, a three-part ladies ensemble uh, that joy was middle school and high school. Yes, Joy Unspeakable. That was fun times. Special stuff. And then you came on, what, assistant directing JU first? I think or, so, yeah. And then the choir. Yep, yeah. And then you ended up taking over and directing choir. Yeah, and I wasn't planning to do that, but somebody sort of uh, got me there. She got me there. and I don't know who she's talking lot. about. I have yeah. no idea what she's referring to. I used to come over to Sabrina's house and I would practice directing for her. <laughs> and then she'd make me practice directing in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it was it, it was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful to, for the kids and for us. Yeah. Very good, good stuff. stuff. And Allison, my biological sister, um, and also Seven's sister, she came in as a helper parent with the elementary choir when her kids were very young. 
and there was a need for a section leader there and she stepped up and took that and then eventually there became a need for a director and she stepped up and did that for a couple of years and she even did one year with the middle school choir she said that that was traumatic and she couldn't handle that <laughs> age group so that was that was a short-lived gig but um yes. but she that did was it and really good for Allison because she's very quiet yeah, so in working really together with the other grown-ups, she made grown-up friends. Yes, she did. Absolutely. Yes, she did. And I think she really found a lot of confidence in mm-hmm. finding out that she could do some stuff that she didn't feel confident to volunteer for. But when someone asked her because there was a need, she stepped up and then she was serving people and ministering to them. And it, it really was... It was a blessing in her life too. Absolutely. And the most one of the most shocking experiences I've had as a homeschooler was when I learned that Sabrina and Allison were actually biological sisters. <laughs> if you ever if you ever meet them you'll understand. <laughs> yeah, our personalities are different, I suppose. They are. They're both absolutely one of the most wonderful people I know, or two of the most wonderful people I know, and they are very unique from one another. It's very sweet. Yeah, we love each other dearly, and we we have complementary yes gifts and personalities. I think, but we are most definitely uh, I'm the loud, obnoxious. Oh, sure, let's try it one, and she's the. Wait a minute, I'm not sure this is a good idea. <laughs> she's the voice of reason. <laughs> oh dear. So one of my kids' favorite, my younger ones, anyway, because um, it wasn't around when my older ones were in high school, uh, was the drama camp. Oh, yes. So every summer, Sabrina would do a drama camp that was a week or two long. And it was quite an intense experience, but life-changing, really, for my kids. Yeah, a lot of the kids that we know that have gone through it, all four of mine have done a drama camp at least once. Most of them, every single chance they got. they refer to the to drama camp as the week or weeks that life has meaning, and they're very they're very serious, <laughs> serious about, about it. it. Yeah. They're not they're not being facetious. They really truly are. Yeah, we we have a good time. Drama camp is intense because the kids show up on Monday morning and have never seen the script and don't know anything about what it's about. And we um, we read the script together. We talk about what the play is going to be, and they come in Tuesday morning to audition for their parts. And by um, a week from Friday, it's now a two-week camp. So, um, but in two weeks' time, we go from they've never even seen the script to we perform a full-length, two-hour, two-act play, in most cases, with music and dance. It's crazy. And it's, it's a wild ride. And they do <laughs> nothing but drama camp for those two weeks because it's... it's um, it's a lot, but it's wonderful. Yeah, it so is. for them, it builds their transcripts <clears throat> because it gives a beautiful extracurricular. Like It looks really good on there. And for a lot of our kids, they also count that as uh, elective in the academic section because they're getting so much arts training in that they learn how to be actors. They learn the theory of drama. They learn social skills from mm-hmm. their different characters, so there's there's so much richness of education. For a one-week drama camp, the kids, we would give them a quarter credit of a elective. And one of the most beautiful things about this drama camp, it's not like other drama camps in that it's not just any old play. It's not, oh, it's it's Grease, it's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's some watered-down version of something or other. 
it's an original play that Sabrina has written and it has so much God in it in a very real, very meaningful way, which is where the kids come up with that sort of thing. So it's this beautiful combination of fun and academics and extracurriculars and real depth in your spirit. It really, really is. So thank you. Uh, you're so welcome. If if you're if you have any interest in drama, if you don't have a lot of drama opportunities for your kids, I encourage you to come by the bookstore at sevensistershomeschool.com and click on the speech and drama category. There are two of the plays that I wrote for drama camps that we, um, in one case we we used Search for the Solution. We did two different years spaced out by about eight years in between, so that none of the kids who had done it before were doing it again. But um, Search for the Solution is one. It's a um, game show, reality show kind of format, and um, it becomes very, very deep and very profound. And the other is called A Weekend in Calcutta, and it was inspired in part by a biography that I had read about Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And... Um, there are two that were really, really popular with the kids the years that we did them. And you can download a sample play for 99 cents if you just want to get a, a feel for what kinds of things you really can do with teens and drama with little to no budget, without a real theater, without stage curtains and professional lighting and a tech crew. Um, these have all been performed on essentially a bare stage at a small local church that meets in a converted warehouse. And um, you really can offer kids a lot of drama and a lot of the social and relational experiences that we've been talking about for very little money. So. And there's even how-to curriculum mm -hmm. that you have there at the bookstore. Yes, there is a combination manual and DVD set how to direct a homeschool drama camp. And it takes you through step by step. You really can do it, even if you have not directed before. Um, teenagers, for the most part, are very willing to let you learn alongside them. And um, I think that it can be a great fun for us moms to try something new that we haven't tried before and to learn alongside our, our teens and teens in the community. So, Drama. Okay, let's move from drama. Let's talk about youth group type gathering things because mm. all of our kids have been involved in a lot now people tend to think of youth group as being church youth group but we had a very large very active homeschool youth group in our community that was my kids favorite hands down um took all kinds of crazy trips did service projects together played ridiculous games had pool parties even had a little yearbook for a while mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. those yearbooks are still in a very special place on the shelf in our house. And the kids, when they want to embarrass one another, will pull them out and say, Ah, oh, look at your picture in middle school! <laughs> yes. Yeah. So to blackmail the older children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of things with the homeschool youth group. And the, the group of us seven sisters, really, in one way or the other, started out together um, running those youth groups or volunteering in one capacity or the other. So we make our friends by working together, don't we? Absolutely. But what, what we did a lot with our kids were at the youth group was get to know each other. Like we forced the kids 
Mandatory fun. Mandatory fun. <laughs> yep. Group suffering, we yes. might call it. Like, right. we're sorry you don't like this get to know each other game, but group suffering is a bonding experience. <laughs> That's right. And this, I tell you what, all of those kids who were in the youth group know how to walk across the room and talk to the newbie. Absolutely. Which a lot of people could benefit by having that mm-hmm. skill. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. And so we were able to count those things as extracurriculars on their transcripts. So we would list, you know, the, the tech or the MEC youth group um, on their transcript. But also the service projects they did. We would log those separately and just show service hours mm-hmm. on the transcript. So they did all kinds of know, service there. I know that a lot of homeschool families are involved in service projects as a family. And that mm-hmm. is invaluable and mm-hmm. wonderful. And that's something that's still with my big, crazy, blended family where only four of our seven kids were homeschooled. We still, as a family, do a service project together each year. So that that's great for family bonding. But there is something very special and very powerful about a group of teens serving someone else together or serving a cause together. So, oh, so true. What do you guys remember about some of the service projects that our kids have been involved in through their youth group? Well, one of my kids' favorite ones we, was we would go to the Gain Warehouse, which is a couple-hour drive from here. Um, so there was a road trip involved, so that's always fun for the kids. Um, and they would go and they would either sort through clothing that had been donated and sort of pull out the stuff that, you know, wasn't as in as good a shape and maybe sort by gender or whatever, or they would sort packets of seeds, or they would actually make up this food mix that had rice and beans and whatever in it. And as you can tell, most teenagers wouldn't be thrilled with any one of those tasks, um, but do it together and do it for someone else. And it was very, very powerful, right. so much so that my kids actually went and then spent a week volunteering in the summer for gain. Um, and they have, they still could sing the song that they made when they were packing the rice and beans and stuff. <laughs> it was very, very powerful influence on them. So it was a global aid network, right? Yes, global aid network, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. We packed a lot of shoe boxes for Samaritan's Purse over the years. Oh, yeah. And um, saving shoe boxes throughout the year is still, I have a little bit of an issue with shoes. <laughs> yes, perhaps. she does. I have a new, did you see my new sign on my <laughs> glamorous office keep calm and buy shoes it's my new sign i found it at a thrift store and i had to (laughs) to have it we will put a picture of that in the show notes yes oh yes we should also put a picture of the calendar of the day because my children always buy sabrina a shoe of the day uh calendar oh yes i get to pull i get to pull the new picture over every day and see an amazing shoe and Sometimes they're really ugly. Sometimes they're disappointing. And it's really upsetting when there's a disappointing shoe on Saturday because it's the same page, the page a day calendar. It has one page for the weekend. So if it's an ugly shoe on Saturday, that means it's also still an ugly shoe on Sunday. And it's, it's hard. But Vicki is a counselor, and she helps me through the trauma in my life. <laughs> Third world problems. <laughs> first world problems. Yes, first world, yeah, first problems. world problems. So but back to third world problems. Yes, we call Boxes her Amelda. <laughs> Boxes for Samaritan's Purse. I save up shoe boxes throughout the year, and it's still, and that started, I didn't know anything about packing boxes for Operation Christmas Child until mm-hmm. my kids did it. Mm-hmm. For the first time with our homeschool youth group. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. One of our homeschoolers actually went with Samaritan's Purse and passed those out in Africa. 
And uh, that was such a powerful experience then when he came back and shared with the the fellow youth group kids. Um, It really gave extra meaning to that experience. Wow. I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that the kids did um, as a group is cleaning. Yes. And, you know, it is not a glamorous job, and it is really good to humbly serve. Mm. So they would clean the church that Mm. we met in and, you know, do extra deep cleaning and take out, you know, junk for the Mm. church and work on the lawn. So every year they would have a cleaning day, and they would also do that at Urban Promise, Mm -hmm. which is an inner city school. Uh, which a wonderful ministry, and they would go and have a cleaning day, and very often also teach lessons, like do special projects and play days with the kids. Absolutely, one of our moms who was volunteering with that actually became so plugged into that that she's now a major part of that ministry. Yeah, and it's a major part of her heart now. Yeah. And again, these are activities that most teenagers don't get excited about until mm-hmm. you put them in a group and make an event out of it and let them share in a cause together. And maybe feed them pizza at the end. And feed them pizza is not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So, yeah. So these are these are um, just, just a sampling. These are just the things that popped into our heads this morning mm. as we were sitting here talking about extracurriculars. But take the extracurriculars in your kids' high school years very seriously because they are not just things to do. They are things to capture on the transcript that point toward who your child is, what they have experienced, what they have learned from, the way their character has been shaped during those years, and whether they are um, going straight into a career or whether that piece of paper, that transcript is being looked at carefully by a college admissions officer. Either way, you're, you're, you're building a person ready for adulthood here, ready to be a part of a community, ready to be uh, a, a, in a family of their own, and and these are you know, the extracurriculars are a place that you're you're helping your child build those things that are going to serve them the rest of their lives. So Kim, thank you for making the time to sit with Vicky and me. And uh, we have John and Mary Taters with us this morning too. <laughs> yes. We're, we'll will we put a picture of them up but in the, the show notes. Yeah, we'll right. have lots of show note pictures. Absolutely, yes, it's been indeed. a blast. I look yes. forward to doing it again soon. Yes, if you remember back to uh, to episode one of our podcast, we have some autocorrect issues when we text one another, and <laughs> somehow we ended up with John and Mary Taters and. We don't know what it meant. It autocorrected. It was didn't, actually supposed but... to be prayers in some form or another. <laughs> so we decided that they should be part of Seven Sisters. And so um, Kim made us actual potatoes with faces. <laughs> and Seven Sisters purple earrings. Yes. So they're sitting with our microphone this morning. And um, so from, from John and Mary Taters and from Kim and Vicki and Sabrina, we wish you a wonderful, wonderful day. And we look forward to spending time with you again on the Homeschool High School podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And now some homeschool trivia brought to you by VickiTillmanCoaching.com. You know, homeschooling in the United States is as old as America. I mean, really, the Native Americans homeschooled their kids. They didn't send them off to a school somewhere. And our early leaders politically in the United States 
like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and those guys, they were generally homeschooled before they went away to college. That means that our great thought leaders, the, the guys that created our culture, had their roots in homeschooling. They had a chance to have the family socialization, the values to be instilled in them before they went off and created a new country which is pretty cool. We have the chance as homeschoolers, and especially homeschooling high school, to really help our teens develop great thought patterns and become the culture changers that our country needs. So if your young person is in that stage where he's questioning and wanting to develop his identity and become a culture creator himself, if you want a little coaching, contact me at VickiTillmanCoaching.com. I work with adults and teens by email and by Skype or in person if you're local. So that's VickiTillmanCoaching.com. Thanks for joining us at the Homeschool High School podcast. Thank you also to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and SevenSistersHomeschool.com. And hey, hop over to iTunes, would you? And give us a review. That would make us really happy and make it easier for homeschooling parents to find us.